Practical React Query Teak Dodo's blog, the 6th of November 2022. Hangjiu, Zheng Tijong Wian, Portuguese, Bri Ben Yu, Espanol. Add translation when GraphQL and especially Apollo client became popular in CA. 2018, there was a lot of fuss about it completely replacing Redux, and the question is Redux dead yet? Has been asked a lot. I distinctly remember not understanding what this was all about. Why would some data-fetching library replace your global state manager? What does one even have to do with the other? I was under the impression that GraphQL clients like Apollo would only fetch the data for you, similar to what e.g. Axios does for REST, and that you would still obviously need some way of making that data accessible to your application. I couldn't have been more wrong. Client state versus server state What Apollo gives you is not just the ability to describe which data you want and to fetch that data, it also comes with a cache for that server data. This means that you can just use the same use query hook in multiple components, and it will only fetch data once and then subsequently return it from the cache. This sounds very familiar with what we, and probably many other teams as well, have mainly been using Redux for, fetch data from the server and make it available everywhere. So it seems that we have always been treating the server state like any other client state. Except that when it comes to server state, think, a list of articles that you fetch, the details of a user you want to display, your app does not own it. We have only borrowed it to display the most recent version of it on the screen for the user. It is the server who owns the data. To me, that introduced a paradigm shift in how to think about data. If we can leverage the cache to display data that we do not own, there isn't really much left that is real client state that also needs to be made available to the whole app. That made me understand why many think that Apollo can replace Redux in lots of instances. React Query I have never had the chance to use GraphQL. We have an existing REST API. Don't really experience problems with overfetching, it just works, etc. Clearly, there aren't enough pain points for us to warrant a switch, especially given that you'd also have to adapt the backend, which isn't quite so simple. Yet I still envied the simplicity of how data fetching can look like on the front end, including the handling of loading and error states. If only there were something similar in React for REST APIs. Enter React Query, made by the open sourcer Tanner Linsley in late 2019. React Query takes the good parts of Apollo and brings them to REST. It works with any function that returns a promise and embraces the stale while revalidate caching strategy. The library operates on sane defaults that try to keep your data as fresh as possible while at the same time showing data to the user as early as possible, making it feel near instant at times and thus providing a great UX. On top of that, it is also very flexible and lets you customize various settings for when the defaults are not enough. This article is not going to be an introduction to React Query though. I think the docs are great at explaining guides and concepts, there are videos from various talks that you can watch, and Tanner has a React Query Essentials course you can take if you want to get familiar with the library. I want to focus more on some practical tips that go beyond the docs, which might be useful when you are already working with the library. These are things I have picked up over the last couple of months when I was not only actively using the library at work, but also got involved in the React Query community, answering questions on Discord and in GitHub discussions. The defaults explained. 
I believe the React query defaults are very well chosen, but they can catch you off guard from time to time, especially at the beginning. First of all, React query does not invoke the query FN on every re-render, even with the default stale time of zero. Your app can re-render for various reasons at any time, so fetching every time would be insane. Always code for re-renders, and a lot of them. I like to call it render resiliency. Tanner Linsley if you see a refetch that you are not expecting. It is likely because you just focused the window and React Query is doing a refetch on window focus, which is a great feature for production. If the user goes to a different browser tab, and then comes back to your app, a background refetch will be triggered automatically, and data on the screen will be updated if something has changed on the server in the meantime. All of this happens without a loading spinner being shown, and your component will not re-render if the data is the same as you currently have in the cache. During development, this will probably be triggered more frequently, especially because focusing between the browser dev tools and your app will also cause a fetch, so be aware of that. Secondly, there seems to be a bit of confusion between cache time and stale time, so let me try to clear that up. Stale time the duration until a query transitions from fresh to stale. As long as the query is fresh, data will always be read from the cache only, no network request will happen. If the query is stale, which per default is, instantly, you will still get data from the cache, but a background refetch can happen under certain conditions. Cache time. The duration until inactive queries will be removed from the cache. This defaults to 5 minutes. Queries transition to the inactive state as soon as there are no observers registered, so when all components which use that query have unmounted. Most of the time, if you want to change one of these settings, it's the stale time that needs adjusting. I have rarely ever needed to tamper with the cache time. There is a good explanation by example in the docs as well. This will help you immensely in understanding the state a query is in. The dev tools will also tell you what data is currently in the cache, so you'll have an easier time debugging. In addition to that, I have found that it helps to throttle your network connection in the browser dev tools if you want to better recognize background refetches, since dev servers are usually pretty fast. Treat the query key like a dependency array. I am referring to the dependency array of the use effect hook here, which I assume you are familiar with. Why are these two similar? Because React Query will trigger a refetch whenever the query key changes. So when we pass a variable parameter to our query fn, we almost always want to fetch data when that value changes. Instead of orchestrating complex effects to manually trigger a refetch, we can utilize the query key. Copy feature slash to do slash queries dot ts. Copy code to clipboard one type state equals all. Open. Done. 6 type to do's equals read only array less than toto greater than 8 const fetch to do's equals async state state promise less than to do's greater than equals greater than 9 const response equals await axios.get backquote to do's dollar state backquote 13 export const use to do's query equals state state equals greater than 14 use query to do's state equals greater than fetch to-dos, state. Here, imagine that our UI displays a list of to-dos along with a filter option. We would have some local state to store that filtering, and as soon as the user changes their selection, we would update that local state, and React Query will automatically trigger the refetch for us, because the query key changes. 
We are thus keeping the user's filter selection in sync with the query function, which is very similar to what a dependency array represents for use effect. I don't think I have ever passed a variable to the query fn that was not part of the query key, too. A new cache entry. Because the query key is used as a key for the cache, you will get a new cache entry when you switch from all to done, and that will result in a hard loading state, probably showing a loading spinner, when you switch for the first time. This is certainly not ideal, so you can either use the keep previous data option for these cases, or, if possible, pre-fill the newly created cache entry with initial data. The above example is perfect for that because we can do some client-side pre-filtering on our to-dos. Copy pre-filtering. Copy code to clipboard one type state equals all open done six type to-dos equals read only array less than toto greater than eight const fetch to-dos equals async state state promise less than to-dos greater than equals greater than nine const response equals await axios.get backquote to-dos dollar state backquote 13 export const use to do's query equals state state equals greater than 14 use query to do's state equals greater than fetch to do's state 16 const all to do's equals query client get query data less than to do's greater than to do's all 18 all to do's filter toto equals greater than toto state equals 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 state 20 return filtered data. Length greater than 0? Filtered data. Undefined now. Every time the user switches between states. If we don't have data yet, we try to pre-fill it with data from the all to-dos cache. We can instantly show the done to-dos that we have to the user, and they will still see the updated list once the background fetch finishes. Please note that prior to v3, you would also need to set the initial stale property to actually trigger a background fetch. I think this is a great UX improvement for just a few lines of code. Keep server and client state separate. This goes hand in hand with putting props to use state. An article one have written last month. If you get data from use query, try not to put that data into local state. The main reason is that you implicitly opt out of all background updates that React query does for you, because the state copy will not update with it. This is fine if you want to e.g. fetch some default values for a form, and render your form once you have data. Background updates are very unlikely to yield something new, and even if, your form has already been initialized. So if you do that on purpose, make sure to not fire off unnecessary background refetches by setting stale time. Copy initial form data. Copy code to clipboard to const. Data. Equals use query. Key. Query fn. Stale time. Infinity for return data less than my form initial data equals data greater than null seven const my form equals initial data equals greater than eight const data set data equals react use state initial data. This concept will be a bit harder to follow through when you display data that you also want to allow the user to edit, but it has many advantages. I have prepared a little code sandbox example. The important part of this demo is that we never put the value that we get from React query into local state. This makes sure that we always see the latest data, because there is no local copy of it. The enabled option is very powerful. 
the use query hook has many options that you can pass in to customize its behavior, and the enabled option is a very powerful one that enables you to do many cool things, pun intended. Here is a short list of things that we were able to accomplish thanks to this option. Dependent queries fetch data in one query and have a second query only run once we have successfully obtained data from the first query. Turn queries on and off we have one query that pulls data regularly thanks to refetch interval, but we can temporarily pause it if a modal is open to avoid updates in the back of the screen. Wait for user input have some filter criteria in the query key, but disable it for as long as the user has not applied their filters. Disable a query after some user input e.g. if we then have a draft value that should take precedence over the server data. See the above example. Don't use the query cache as a local state manager. If you tamper with the query cache, query client, set query data, it should only be for optimistic updates or for writing data that you receive from the backend after a mutation. Remember that every background refetch might override that data, so use something else for local state. Create custom hooks. Even if it's only for wrapping one use query call, creating a custom hook usually pays off because you can keep the actual data fetching out of the UI, but co-located with your use query call. You can keep all usages of one query key, and potentially type definitions, in one file. If you need to tweak some settings or add some data transformation, you can do that in one place. You have already seen an example of that in the to-dos queries above. I hope that these practical tips will help you getting started with React Query, so go check it out smiley face. If you have any further questions, please let me know in the comments below. Down arrow.